Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. An estimated 117,000 people have died while on NHS waiting lists as the fatal knock-on effect of COVID-19's many waves on our hospitals is revealed. The waiting list now stands at 6.5 million people as coronavirus rates spike and the health service struggles with staffing problems. The death rate figures were calculated following freedom of information requests from the Labour Party and it came as Wes Streeting, who's Labour MP for Ilford North and Shadow Health Secretary, returned to Hampstead's Royal Free Hospital to thank medics who spotted a cancerous tumour during a routine kidney scan. Today I came back to the Royal Free to thank the surgeon, the nurse, the staff that cared for me during my kidney cancer operation just over a year ago. Uh, Without these guys i would not be talking to you today fit active perfectly healthy fully recovered at the same time former health secretary jeremy hunt's been speaking about scrapping nhs waiting times and how about this there's more on his government's preparedness or lack of it for the wrong sort of pandemic we believed we were the best one of the best prepared countries in the world the groupthink that existed amongst politicians and scientists um, and officials was that if we have a pandemic, it's likely to be similar to the pandemics we've had previously. In other words, flu pandemics. To make sense of these shocking new death rate figures, we're joined by the Evening Standard's health editor, Ross Lydell. Ross, what's the significance of this 117,000 figure you're reporting, and how does this compare to pre-pandemic? Well, we have known for some time that the waiting lists for NHS treatment, and this is non-urgent treatment, we're not talking about uh, something that has to be done urgently at A&E, but basically something that uh, can be put off for several weeks or months. We've known for some time that the number of people awaiting treatment on NHS has been growing month on month because of the pandemic and currently stands at record numbers. The figures come out each month and pretty much each month follows the previous month in there being a new record. So in England, there are about 6.5 million people currently awaiting NHS treatment. But what today's figures show is that what is happening to these people, and it's quite an extraordinary figure that almost 117,000 patients were found to have died last year 
file on the waiting list for NHS care. Now, it's quite likely that many of those people will have died from the condition that they were awaiting treatment for. Many will have died just either through old age or other factors. But this is really quite alarming that so many people are dying while awaiting NHS care. And to give a sense of context as well, the figure of 117,000 is roughly double the number that were dying each year before the pandemic. Do you have any data on the worst pinch points for backlogs? And how does London compare to elsewhere in the country? Yes, well, these numbers came via a Freedom of Information requests by the Labour Party to all of the sort of 200 odd trusts in England. Now, 67 replied. And from that, they extrapolated out the figures to get to the the figure of 117,000 dying. What was confirmed by the figures was that around 56,000 people had definitely died. That's from the, the 67 trusts that did reply. And of those that did reply, there were a number of London's biggest trusts, for example, Bart's Health, which said that it had 2,512 patients on its waiting list die in 2021. King's College uh, said it had 1,078 patients die on its waiting list and University College Hospitals, UCLH, had 894. And how about the specific surgical specialisms that have the longest waits? One of the biggest areas in terms of the weights is for orthopaedics. All specialities are affected by and large. There are particularly stringent targets for patients with suspected cancer. They're meant to be essentially seen within two weeks. But other operations can be much more complex, can take much longer to perform. It's worth saying that all the 6.5 million people on the waiting list, that doesn't necessarily mean that all are waiting for an operation. Many could be waiting for a diagnostic check, such as a scan, such as you know, a CT scan, an ultrasound, an endoscopy. So these are people who I think they're ill, although they have suspected conditions or symptoms, and they need to have a check to see actually what is wrong with them. So not all 6.5 million are waiting for surgery, but many of them are, and many are simply waiting to find out, you know, why is it they're not feeling well? Let's go to the ads. Please do stay there to hear more about strategies for dealing with the NHS waiting list crisis and how did Boris Johnson manage to get his sinuses treated in super quick time? Why not hit rate and follow in the meantime? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. Ross, how are NHS bosses dealing with this waiting list crisis? 
Well, what NHS England has been doing is targeting the longest waiters. There were about 12,000 people in April, which is the month where we have the most recent figures, where these people had waited more than two years, which is quite unbelievable, to be frank. You know, the target is 18 weeks. And what NHS England is doing is trying to target those who are waiting the longest. So the number waiting more than two years has come down month on month. However, the number waiting more than one year has gone up and currently stands at 323,000. So NHS England and it's sort of passing down the advice to each of the trusts is saying you target the longest waiters, but it's not looking good. You know, many hospitals, to their credit, are working longer hours. Uh, they're uh, doing surgeries at the weekend as well. They are trying to sort of speed people through and they're, also, they're using private hospitals as well to try and ease the backlog. So I think in general, it's accepted that staff are working very hard to clear this backlog. The problem is that the backlog is to such an extent is so big that it's very difficult to deal with. The other factor, of course, is that COVID is still here and that means that some operations are cancelled at the last minute, either because the patient has COVID or, of course, because some of the staff have COVID. The summers have been as bad as the winters. It was only last summer when London Ambulance Service said it had one of its busiest days ever on record when there was a heat wave. And heat waves can be as damaging as cold spells, whereas with the cold spells, the particular concern is that old people fall over and break their hip. In the heat, they can find that just as dangerous. If they're on medication, they're not able to hydrate themselves. So basically, it's almost like the NHS is currently under pressure every month of the year now. And what are Labour saying about their policy ideas to deal with growing NHS waiting times? One of the things that West Streeting has called for is for doctors who are just about to retire or who have just considered early retirement for financial reasons to be allowed to remain at work. Apparently, many doctors quit because if they stay on longer, then they have to take a sort of tax hit on their pension pot. So he's saying this is daft. We, you know, we really need these doctors desperately to stay in post, even for an extra year or two. And he's calling on Sajid Javid, the health secretary, to change the rules there. He also wants to see uh, that apparently there's about 800 medical graduates who have yet to find a job. And he's saying, for goodness sake, give these people junior doctor posts ASAP. Speaking of Labour, here's Wes Streeting talking to Ross after visiting the Royal Free. We have people dying on waiting lists before they can be treated. And without doubt, there are also, in those huge backlogs, undiagnosed cases. Because, you know, in my case, I was diagnosed with kidney cancer as a result of a scan for kidney stones. Finally, Ross, speaking of waiting lists and surgery appointments, any more news on Boris Johnson's sinuses and the PM's rather swift operation on the NHS? There's been no follow details as far as I've been aware. It would be very unusual for the hospital, I believe he was treated at Guy's and St Thomas's Trust, uh, it would be very unusual for the hospital to reveal uh, details of his care because of patient confidentiality. Uh, you know, it, it's entirely legitimate, I would say, that Downing Street has asked questions about this. Uh, so to the best of my knowledge, there's no further details on how long he was on the waiting list, whether there's any sense whatsoever uh, that he may have jumped the waiting list. Normally, it's not how long you wait. It's done basically on the need for care in terms of for medical reasons, not just, uh, you know, it's your turn. Uh, it shouldn't obviously be done because of the Prime Minister. But one uh, sort of friend of mine, shall we say, on medical Twitter did, however, remark and say that it did seem to be particularly quick uh, in her experience 
quite often even just the, the wait for a consultation can take some weeks, never mind the operation itself. So I think it's fair to say that the apparent speed of his care raised some eyebrows, but it's unproven at this stage whether there was any sort of favouritism or hijinks that went on to uh, allow him to be treated earlier than he would have been if his name had been Ross Lydell or Mark Blunden. Responding to the figures, the Department of Health and Social Care describes them as deeply misleading, saying deaths while awaiting treatment may be completely unrelated to the person's illness. There's more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back on Wednesday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.